Welcome to Didn't Know, a podcast about things you never knew you wanted to know. I'm Alessio Danini, joined by my friend and co-host Brad Ball. Brad, another week, another depressing world situation, but what we do have are some interesting <laughs> facts for people to learn, and and I think that's what matters, and, and I think we've got something interesting this week. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah, I always like, um, you know, covering up what's going on in real life with the discussion of fun items in our podcast, like exactly what we have to talk about this week. Um, have you ever heard of the placebo effect? Yes. Yes, I've heard of the placebo effect. It might have something to do with all the research we've been doing, but it also it also might have something to do with the fact that it's it's all over the place. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's in some places that a lot of people wouldn't think. Um, and um, I, I, I obviously, the best way to start is with a definition. So I'll let you take that. Let me kick it off with a definition. So, uh, I mean, placebo, you've probably heard about it before. And um, it's especially popular even in, like, some kids' shows. You know, you've probably heard, like, oh, see, it was inside you the whole time. I didn't need to give you a, a magic egg. Um, and so, yeah, it's really just like the belief that it was in you the whole time and they never actually gave you something special. So to define what uh, placebo is, is uh, it's any sham medication or procedure designed to be void of any known therapeutic value. But the placebo effect is the positive response patients have uh, when they experience uh, pl- receiving a placebo. So um, one effect of a placebo will exhibit a positive response, either subjectively, where you will actually feel pain relief, or objectively, where like you will actually see physical improvements like uh, improved blood pressure. So uh, that's what the placebo is. But something else that I found out while researching the definition is actually that there is also the nocebo effect, which is a negative response some patients receive after experiencing a placebo. So these symptoms can range from very minor effects like, you know, headaches or sores to some very life-threatening complications such as cardiac cardiac arrest in one example. So um, it can go pretty fatally, which is actually why you can't just go all willy-nilly with the placebo because you are leaving it up to fate and you're leaving it up to psychology. So um, placebo isn't also just for uh, pain reduction. You know, it's used in many other examples as well. Um, some people use it to improve their creativity, their cognitive performance, but also it's used to improve sleep. So um, placebo is really everywhere in the world, and a lot of people are um, usually just trying to use it up as a scam and run it off as the placebo, but very much the placebo is everywhere, whether you know it or not. Um, could you give us a little bit of context, Alessio, because I know that the placebo has been around for quite a while, but I don't know where it picked up or why. Yeah, so it, it, it in a medicinal context, it's actually been used um, since the 18th century, early 18th century. This 18th century time frame um, kind of heads towards the um, early 1800s, so the 19th century before it starts to be taken a bit more seriously. But there are some early examples. And basically the first accepted definition um, in the 1800s was essentially any medicine adapted more to please the patient than to benefit the patient. 
Placebos have found medical use into contemporary times, of course. But in these early stages of medical usage, doctors kind of took them and called them uh, necessary deceptions. So you can think of stuff like sugar pills, um, stuff that has no known benefit other than making people feel better um, mentally, which which can then affect the body in in a number of ways. So it's really interesting to hear that, like the sages all the way back from the 18th century, and like, I mean, not much has changed about placebo till now. I mean, it's still just given to people to make them feel better mentally and like they'll just never ever be told but um the only thing that's changed is like the rules and regulations around it yeah and and it poses an interesting ethical kind of dilemma for for doctors right because because there's always the possibility that you could be doing something to actually help the patient and i want to get this out of the way uh by and large it's very unproven that um placebo placebo uh, in in many of the cases in which people tend to use it, does much at all to actually improve conditions. We'll get more into that later because there are some interesting exceptions. But an interesting quote is that early implementations of placebo controls actually date back to um, 16th century Europe, where the Catholic Church tried to discredit um, exorcisms. They kind of used it to, um, and this isn't, necessarily the same idea as, as regulations, how we would think it, but, but it's to um, kind of to weed out fake treatments. People right? were so, wanting attention pretty much for uh, like being possessed or whatever. Yeah. So, so they would take individuals who claimed, and this is so silly. <laughs> they would take people who claimed to be possessed by demonic forces. Um, so this is, you know, in the 1500s. Um, and they would give them a fake holy object, you know, like maybe, oh, this is a shard of the spear of destiny, the spear that was used to pierce Jesus's side or something like that. Hold it and God will, will exercise the demons from your body. And if the person reacted with, you know, kind of this dramatic, violent contortion uh, and, and, you know, screaming and pretending and that they're in pain and stuff. It was actually, they were actually able to use that to conclude that the possession was like not real, whether the person was faking or it was imagination. They didn't necessarily care from the looks of it, but, but I thought that was interesting. So, so people really have had funny. this idea of placebo even before it was, it was really recognized as a thing. So this dates back to the 1500s or yeah, 1500s. So. You're just like sitting there with all your friends, like seeing this guy just like shake and go absolutely crazy. And you're like, oh, told you time to go home, everyone. Like, dude, the deacon told me this guy was batshit insane, but I didn't believe him. (laughs) Free show. God, that's fun, man. Some things never change. Yeah. So one thing that's interesting is that doctors actually started pretty soon to notice that um, placebo is 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 obviously pretty unreliable. Um, So. Even today, um, placebos have, like you said, actually been noted to improve stuff from time to time, like pain, nausea. They rarely actually affect the condition. And I mean rarely that yeah. the person is experiencing, right? So if you have cancer as an extreme example, it's not going to help you. Uh, there's just no way, right? Right. But it might help you manage, manage your symptoms as far as pain and discomfort goes um, because... 
you know, your, your mental state can actually have a, have quite an effect on that. And that's been recognized. Um, or for the alternative, um, I mean, like they'll give you medicine for cancer, uh, and then it kind of gives you some really nasty side effects. So they'll give you a placebo to so called like treat the side effects, but you know, obviously it's a placebo. I actually didn't know they did that. That's very interesting. That was another example, actually. Interesting. Okay. So, so yeah, stuff like that. So for example, trials with uh, placebo on insomnia patients, right? They've actually caused patients to believe and, and really truly feel like they're sleeping better. But when doctors take them and scan their brains and, and do sleep studies on them, there's no difference, right? Um, and, and historically, um, up until today, there's been a lot of differing thought trains on placebo. Does it work? Doesn't it work? Uh, when, if ever, does it work? What does it do? And for a long time, you know, we didn't have the metrics. We, we weren't even aware of the metrics that would make studying something like this possible or effective. But as modern medicine kind of, or what they call laboratory medicine, kind of took the forefront from, you know, your bedside care and that you would get, you know, during the Middle Ages or during the, the Renaissance era in the 1700s, as, as things moved more from personal care and and symptom management to actual cures and stuff, which is which is determined as or, or referred to as laboratory medicine, people people and researchers and doctors were able to kind of find ways to measure um, the effects of illnesses um, and and you know stuff like viral loads and basically essentially the the level to which you are actually ill. And be able to quantify that. So it's a lot easier to see how effective it is today. And and overall, the general consensus is that, you know, it can help with, with the management of symptoms. Um, specifically pain, discomfort, except for rare cases. Um, and some weird exceptions that we'll talk about in a bit. It doesn't necessarily um, do anything in terms of your actual uh, affliction. Yeah, like earlier, between subjectively and objectively, you, you'll most likely see subjective effects of a placebo, um, like, you know, pain being relieved, which is the most common, um, like, placebo example that we've been giving. Um, but in terms of things that other people can see, like, you know, you'll actually measure your blood pressure or, I don't know, like your white or red blood cell, level, uh, blood cell levels, that will be very, very, very hard to change. It's so unlikely that that'll happen with placebo. But... We keep saying, but there are examples of them in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I could kick it off with the examples because one's actually interesting and it kind of it kind of uh, piggybacks off of the idea of a little weird historical examples of placebo. So the one that I found really really interesting, this English doctor uh, in seventeen ninety nine there was this type of treatment uh, called Perkins tractors, which were basically um, these metal pointers that were inserted and were supposedly, you know, the, the, their purpose was to draw out the disease from someone. Right. And they were extremely expensive and, you know, the patient had to buy them themselves and it was this whole thing. And so this English doctor, he, he, he was curious, right? He's like, the cost of these is completely unnecessary, whether whether or not he believed that they actually worked 
um, was, you know, irrelevant to him. What he did believe was that they were too expensive. So he made wooden ones um, that were, you know, basically the exact same thing, just carved out of wood. And he found that they were just as useful as the expensive metal ones, um, which, you know, he said, quote, it, show, it showed, quote, to a degree which has never been suspected what powerful influence upon diseases is produced by mere imagination. Um, <laughs> and this, that's the first real demonstration of the placebo effect. Now, it's unreliable because, you know, we know today that any ailment that someone might have had, I mean, say someone has tuberculosis or something, it's not going to cure it. It might, though, like we've been saying, starting to sound like a broken record and we're only a few minutes in, but it might help manage those symptoms. So I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of examples you have. That was a, that was an interesting early example because like it was just, it was something minor like changing the material, but sure enough, that is like the placebo effect that we're talking about where your imagination and your mind believe something so powerful that, you know, it, it, it becomes true. Yeah. Uh, so to take, to kind of go off of that, um, another example with placebos is, um, oh, sorry. I'm going to start that differently. So to go off of that, um, a question that you might have actually with placebo is that what if you know that it is a placebo? Will it still be effective? And, uh, you know, just like placebo topic as a whole, it really depends. Um, it's unreliable. So uh, even when obviously given a placebo pill, it could still be effective. Um, and we know this because scientists did an experiment where participants were separated into different groups. And one of the groups was given a very obvious placebo. They were told so. And the other group was just given a pill and, you know, told that it was a pill uh, that would have proper effects. And sure enough, apart uh, the placebo group, even 50% of the participants still experienced positive symptoms after receiving a placebo that they knew that they were taking. Um, so there's your answer right there. Even when you know it's a placebo and you're given some type of therapy or medication or procedure, it still has the chance of uh, working on you, obviously, uh, subjectively. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's also good to talk about because I think it's the biggest misconception about placebo because I think the first thing people think is, oh, it's useless if I know that it's that it's there interesting to see that it's not um and and that's been pretty widely studied actually um in terms of placebo placebo as a whole hasn't necessarily been that widely studied in general because uh researchers and and such tend to dismiss it but but it's it's really interesting that um it's as high as 50 percent. i i thought it might be lower um but but I definitely think it's interesting because that's definitely the biggest conception is that as soon as you understand what's happening, it'll stop working. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting to hear. Um, and like the reason that I put that as my first point was because that was a question that I have with placebo. It seems something that uh, should be so obvious. Like, no, it wouldn't work if you knew that it wasn't actually an effective pill. But for some reason it still works. 
Um, so that was really impressive with me. But uh, to take it a step further, I want to relate um, the placebo pill with the law of attraction, which is the belief that the powerful positive or negative thoughts that you have attract actual positive or negative events to happen to you. Um, so this may also be more widely known as manifestation, and a lot of people use this actually, including very successful celebrities, um, some such as Jim Carrey, Lady Gaga, Will Smith, Oprah Winfrey, Jay-Z, and Conor McGregor. They all live by manifestation and believe that it has helped them to uh, be where they are today. So although there is absolutely no science to prove that the law of attraction is real or that it works um scientists you know you, we can we can see from these people that um it has been quite successful so um scientists suggest that practicing self-help methods such as you know uh mindfulness meditation um and manifestation um it will get show you some positive effects uh, other help self-help methods are known as a you know, exercising, drinking water, very simple things like that. And of course, they do have positive physical effects, but just um, the mental act of you caring for yourself and um, caring for your body and giving yourself, you know, positivity, that in its own has a positive effect on you. So, uh, you know, look in the mirror and give yourself some positive mantra the next time that you pass by one. I actually think that's an interesting placebo because like, it kind of fills that idea of, of a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? Uh, and, and it's actually psychologically something that has, there's a term for it, but I'm, I'm completely blanking on what it is. Um, but it's essentially the idea, right? That, that, um, if you're in a certain mindset, um, people tend to kind of spiral, even the most strong willed people can sometimes spiral. And, and by spiraling, I mean, your thoughts affect your actions, right? So if I am lined up for a, a big promotion, for example, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, there's no way I'm going to get it. Um, it's all pointless. What's the point, right? That's going to start reflecting in my actions. And so I think that's probably how it works. Am, am I right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, like I was saying, the law of attraction can work negatively just as well as it works positively. So um, the things that you say about yourself and the things that you say to yourself, like out loud or repetitively, they very much can attract, um, you know, either positive or negative uh, energy to you. So be careful, you know, talk positive on yourself or else it really can have um, a negative effect that you'll see. You know, yeah, man, for sure. Um, love manifestation. Gotta love it. I mean, just take care of yourself. Yeah, have faith. Have faith, and uh, and you'll you'll treat yourself without even knowing. You'll make things happen without even realizing you're making them happen. Um, Woo! in in terms of medical stuff, a couple more interesting ones. Um, I think the biggest sham. Probably, and I feel very strongly about this because I just do, okay, is um, chiropractic. And this, this might get me a lot of flack because a lot of people use chiropractors and pay them good money. And personally, I think the first, the first reaction of a lot of people is to get upset 
when they find out that they're wasting money or when they're presented with information that that um that uh might suggest that they're they're wasting money not necessarily wasting money but maybe being misled um but it chiropractic is is fully pseudoscientific it's alternative medicine there's not a single uh ounce of of evidence that other than in a few um, very specific cases, it actually does anything positive for you. And I'm not going to um, go into a lot of depth on this because it would take forever. And I would, I would just, um, you know, this would snowball out of control. I wouldn't be able to stop myself because I've done a lot of research on it, but chiropractic work is, is actually um, a very strong um, case of placebo. Um, in that, uh, you know, we go back to the idea of placebo managing pain. Most of the time people go for chiropractic care. It's because it's because of, uh, you know, some sort of discomfort or pain. Right. Um, and so you can kind of see how that feeds directly into the idea of, um, placebo being effective in treating, uh, pain, but not being effective in treating the condition. Right. Because eventually right. that condition sticks around. You know, if you have some back issue that that's serious and and needs medical attention, and you go to a chiropractor, you you might leave the chiropractor feeling pretty good, but then it'll come back, and you'll need to go back to the chiropractor. So it's stuff like that. You see what I mean? Right. It's short term relief. Nothing like long term or uh, effective that could be brought from you know surgery or some other type of. Uh, uh, I'm not too sure, like proper therapy. Yeah, and 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 there there's very little evidence to, uh, it, it, and there is some evidence. I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be biased here and say that that um, there are no positive effects, but um, they're they're extremely exaggerated. I mean, if you look into it, there there's not a single reputable source that even accredits chiropractors because. You know, like you don't get your license, your chiropractic license is from the chiropractors association. It's not from a government body or a regulatory body that actually like, you know, um, controls these things from a medical standpoint. Chiropractors are not medical workers. They administer basically placebo treatments. Um, most chiropractors uh, would disagree, but the science says otherwise. So fight me. <laughs> well and uh i want to relate it that uh to the topic of horoscopes as well because like chiropractors they're all there are astrologers you know like they're professionals in their field um and as many 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 people um believe that astrology is scientifically real um it is related to the placebo effect as well and there is a proper word for it um it's like the uh the bomber effect I need to look that up. Pause. The Barnum effect. The Barnum um, effect. Yeah. So the Barnum effect is a, um, it's like a psychological ph phenomenon um, where people can give very high accuracy um, readings of people, you know, such as psychics and uh, uh, astrologers. Um, and this is actually due to the fact that um, a large, um, a majority of our personalities, or at least just very vague um, 
behaviors can be pinned to a large general population. And so uh, when people are being told their horoscope and they're believing it, and sure enough, it does come true throughout their day or week or month or however long that horoscope reading is for, um, that uh, can be very well linked to uh, the law of attraction as well. Um, once they read that their horoscope uh, is supposed to give them a, a great week, then they go ahead and have a great week. And that's because like all, all along, it was in them the whole time. They didn't need a horoscope or some special magic. It was, um, it was their belief that kind of led it to them. So uh, astrologers and chiropractors probably have um, the same issue of a lot of people telling them that their job or their practice isn't exactly real. Um, but once again, <clears throat> because it's not. <laughs> it yeah they're, they're gonna start arguing well what do you define as real well i'm a pisces and or i'm a scorpio and i like to betray people so what do you make of that uh you're a bad person like fuck i'm a libra and um people just naturally are drawn towards me yeah that's just because you're a cool dude bro nothing's happening like i i, I but i'm a I cool dude rant. because i'm a libra i want to rant for a second because no i'm because not letting you rant about so, horoscopes on here it's so ridiculous you're not ranting about horoscopes and i don't want to be mean podcast. and i don't want to be mean or anything but like and you know people people who believe in astrology notice how i just like circumvented your protests and i'm going on with it anyway um People who believe in astrology are being placeboed so hard. And it's because you just have to think about it critically for a second. Like, how does how does any of it make sense? Oh, Alessio, you're not you're not giving any concrete examples. You don't deserve concrete examples. Okay. Um, anyways. I'm a Libra rising, and I'm also in a, a Libra moon, which is pretty interesting. I have the same sign for my moon and my rising, but I'm Dude. an Aquarius sun, so um, it's actually pretty interesting because the moon is supposed to be what uh, you actually exhibit. Are you trying uh, to make your me behavior upset? as? But your Libra, your rising sign is kind of like your ego. It's just like this front that you put on, but your moon is really who you are. So it's interesting that I'm a Libra rising and a Libra moon because really I am exactly who I pretend to be. Are you trying to upset me? Yeah, what did you think about that? <laughs> that was my uh, astrological reading. I didn't like that very much. And I feel like, I feel like people can take their astrological sign and use it as an excuse to act a way that they shouldn't. <laughs> and I'm tired of it. Like, let me, I'm hey, a no, Scorpio, no, no. Listen, so I'm an even... asshole. I'm just allowed to be a fucking dick. I should. <sighs> Anyways, let's continue. We're way off course. <laughs> this is like the first thing that we've actually argued on in the podcast <laughs> series. If you're, if you're vouching for astrology, we're going to have an issue. Let me let me just play for uh, devil's advocate here for oh, just one second, Alessio. Are you mocking me now? Look up the at the stars. Um, <laughs> I'm in my basement. I can't. Um, <laughs> did you have any more examples that you wanted to touch on, or, or do you think we could stretch out this horoscope a little bit longer? <laughs> Um, the one thing that I wanted to talk about actually was very interesting. And, and it's another one of the, those examples. Um, this is actually an example of something affecting the actual condition rather than just like pain or discomfort or anything. This is interesting. Yeah. Um, Parkinson's 
there's not a lot of info on it. I didn't have time to read the entire report and, and the case study, but um, it's been it's been observed that um, placebo treatments have actually been successful in reducing uh, symptoms of Parkinson's and and lessening the affliction, uh, kind of mellowing out people's tremors and stuff, which is amazing, really. Um, there, there are also, I'm going to say this loosely because I, I don't have all the information on it. Um, Vsauce, which if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in educational content, you probably know who he is. If you don't, highly recommend you check him out. Um, he does this YouTube premium show where he talks about uh, different psychological concepts and actually runs trials with the help of scientists and researchers. So he got um, a few children. Uh, by the way, something that's important to note, uh, placebo actually seems to affect children much more effectively than it affects adults. Uh, power of imagination, I would assume, but I'm not sure why. Um, but he gets a few children. One of them has behavioral issues and uh, some sort of developmental issue. One of them has this horrible eczema that she gets all over her skin and it causes her skin to like flake off and stuff. Um, one of them has uh, had like migraines due to concussions and like loss of consciousness and stuff because he had a couple of bad concussions. And they would take this MRI machine, this decommissioned MRI machine, and, you know, put the kids in it, say they're getting a special treatment, um, put them in it and turn it on and like play a bunch of loud noise and shake the machine. So they think it's doing something. And they actually saw, um, reasonable improvements in symptoms. Um, the, the child who was experiencing migraines and loss of consciousness, uh, exhibited declines in that kind of, uh, uh, symptom, in those kinds of symptoms, uh, the girl's rashes cleared up. Um, the boy with behavioral issues had actually mellowed out and begun become more social and stuff, uh, months later. So those are some interesting examples. They're not necessarily concrete and I, I don't want to mislead anyone, but um, they're out there and they're documented. So anybody, uh, I mean, the show's free. It's called Mind Mind Field. I seriously recommend anybody who has the time to check it out. But that's it. That's it as far as examples, because there aren't really many examples of it like working, working. You know, so no, exactly. And uh, uh, like I said too, because of like rules and regulations, doctors aren't just able to kind of go out all willy nilly and just start like prescribing placebos to people. Um, so like for the most part, placebo effect is like it happens in your maybe small uh, daily life. Like we were talking about, there's a manifestation example, or um, if you have a kid, I mean, like <laughs> so we all know that sometimes they just try to put on a show. So most often if you try to like, I'm not sure. Just <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but like give them a sucker and say that like it's going to make them feel better. They'll probably feel better. Although at the same time, you you, you know, you should treat kids like adults. But um, all of this is to say that uh, the placebo is um, pretty cool. Would you agree? I would absolutely fully wholeheartedly, Brad, agree. That's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening. 
You can follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever else that you find your podcasts, but be sure to check out our website at didn'tknowpodcast.com. I'm Brad Ball. I'm Alessio Danini. We hope you'll learn something.